Hey there, sales leader. Today on Sales Team Rescue, I go over the first place you want to look when your team is struggling, whether it's part of your team or your whole team. How do you dial in to see the key piece that you need to focus on to be able to turn things around as fast as possible? Want to hear more? Join us for this episode. Hit the music. I'm Sales Team Turnaround Specialist Jeremy Demerchant. And each week, I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 133. I'm your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and today I want to talk about the empathy of a sales leader. Now, what do I mean by that? Well... When we're leading sales teams, some reps are doing amazing and some reps struggle. And sometimes if you're still in the process of sorting out your sales process, then maybe you are still struggling with the results from the whole team. And what that can result in is just getting very frustrated. And I've seen a lot of sales leaders, as good as they are, they feel that people should just get results. Now, in general, I see this typically with CEOs that are really high thinking, um, very focused on the goal, and they're very matter of fact. And they tend to, not everybody obviously, but the people that I'm thinking of, tend to be very much like, this needs to be done. Why aren't you doing it? And they just say, here's the, the goal, go. And that's it. And the expectation is that you'll figure it out as you go. Now, I would challenge you that if you are not hiring the people, the type of people that want to figure it out as they go or have the ability to figure it out as they go or have the background to be able to make those conclusions that you need, then you're just driving somebody towards a goal without any other support or direction. So if I was to say to you, hey, I want you to go and sell 100 of these items. Well, you might be able to do it, but the first thing you're going to do is process in your head, okay, what problem does the item solve? This is what you should do anyway. What, what problem does the item solve? Who is most likely to have that problem? Now, of the people that are most likely to have the problem, who can best pay for the problem? And then you decide, is this like a, a B2C, like a business to consumer problem or a B2B problem, business to business? And you go through all this thought process, and this is if you're experienced. But if you tell someone who is not experienced, go sell this to 100 people. They're going to look at you and go, how? And some of the high thinking CEOs or sales leaders will say, figure it out. And in a lot of cases, your team does not have the ability. Now, if you've got seasoned sales reps that have done this for years, they may have the ability, but they don't have the confidence that they understand your structure to understand the guidelines to work within. So for example, um, if you tell me to sell this pen, okay, it's a super nice pen. Um, and you just say, go sell a hundred of them. Great. Well, if I'm not confident in the framework of the business or the, the politics, for example, there's many things that can create uncertainty. And if I'm not confident, then I might go, oh, well, is this pen designed for a specific audience? And instead of thinking like, who is the best person to sell it to? I'm then looking for external concerns, things outside of the product that may or may not impact the results of a sale. 
Now, if you get very specific, I think specificity breeds clarity. And so what that means is if I say to you, go sell this pen to a hundred people, you can just go nuts, but you need to figure out who the person is, how to sell it. Maybe, you know, if you've got a price set, you don't know whether you've got the ability to negotiate or, or whatever. So you got to figure out those things. But if I say, go sell this pen for $55 to that group of people. And out of the 200 people in that group, I want you to sell a hundred pens. That's very specific. Now there's still some things to figure out, but most of the guessing is taken away. You know where the audience is. You're told to go there. You're told how many to sell. You're told how much to sell it at. Now you just need to be good at getting into a conversation. And if you've got any experience in sales, you are good at getting into a conversation. So that specificity creates clarity and clarity breeds confidence. That's how you create someone who's very, very confident. Now, are there people that you can say, here's the pen, go sell it to hundred people and let them go. Absolutely. But those people are few and far between, and they are a very um, significant asset to a company. And it's very, it can be very challenging to get somebody like that unless you're willing to pay for them. Okay. Whether it's from a base salary or uh, a really aggressive compensation plan, like they're going to be picky because they know they're good and they need to be able to see long-term benefit from committing to work with you. So if you can't bring the clarity, which often comes from the specificity, okay? If you can't bring the specificity and the clarity, then you might need to pay big bucks for a rockstar salesperson. Now, if you're not in a place where you can spend big bucks for a rockstar salesperson, that's okay. But just know you need to be able to create the specificity and the clarity that goes with it. So you need to be able to say, Hey, here's the audience. This is the problem that this solves. This is the price point go. Because if you don't, if you send new or I'll just say, you know, no, sales reps, that don't have a pile of experience. Okay. Maybe they've got some experience, but they're not super confident going out there, being able to take on the world. They're trying to figure it out. If you send people out there without that clarity, without that specificity, they're going to come back to you with questions. And if you're not willing to answer them or you answer them in a way that they should have already known the answer, you're going to lose them. They're going to disconnect. So that's why I want to talk about empathy for you as a sales leader. Okay. So I'm speaking to the sales leaders. Now the sales leaders or CEOs or anyone that's running a team. I need you to think about where your audience is coming from. And I've seen some extreme examples. I've seen, you know, people that build amazing total rock star onboarding processes where people know their product, know who the audience is. Um, the lead generation is already taken care of and you just need to go help somebody solve problems. It really gets challenging when you're responsible for the lead generation yourself or sorry, your team is, and you're not giving them the clarity they need to sort that out. And maybe the clarity is the tools. How do I do it? Okay, great. I know I should target this audience. Let's go back to the pen. I know this pen is targeted at um, high-end executives are the ones that are going to pay 55 or 60 bucks, whatever price I said earlier for this pen. Great. How do I find them? And if someone says, well, you should know that and you don't, then you feel really dumb. Okay. You don't make your team feel dumb. 
if you've truly given them all the support they need, you've given them all the information, you've been there for questions to be answered, and then they're still struggling, still don't make them feel dumb. Find out where the gap is. The biggest difference that I see between great sales leaders and ones that are sort of, you know, they should know it and they have that approach is that the great sales leaders always will blame themselves or own their responsibility for any shortfall of the team. So if somebody doesn't know the answer to a question, it's the manager's fault or the leader's fault or whoever that person is that can give them that information. They need to own it. Yes, you can get frustrated at the rep, but this is why we just, uh, we create and follow processes around performance management. Okay. If they're just not doing it, if they've gone out, they've come back, they've asked questions, you give them the information, you've documented it. They go back out, they ask the same questions again, then we have a problem. Okay. But, and sometimes they're going to ask them like twice. So don't be hard on people for ask, asking them twice, but if you're doing it over and over again and you're just spinning your wheels, it gets really frustrating for you. I totally get it, but make sure that they feel like they've got the support and make sure that they're documenting the questions or the answers anyway. Okay. It, and, and that's a whole other conversation. You can actually help sales reps and maybe we'll do it the next episode about this, um, helping sales reps be organized and being able to pull that information quickly because as a sales rep, whether you're experienced or not, you want to step into a role that feels like it's been well thought out. That's been developed that ideally has been there for a while running really well. And you're taking it from good to great. No experienced sales rep wants to go into something that was piecemeal together. They're just sort of getting their sales system sorted out. And you've now got them got to take them from zero to hero because that's hard. I'll be honest. I won't, you know, when I'm working with, with clients that don't have a sales process mapped out, I approach it very differently. And there's a lot more homework. I get less involved when they're brand new because there's a lot of things to figure out. And if I get in there, there's a pile of time that gets invested that I, typically someone at that point is not in a place to pay for. So I need to be able to approach that in a different way to give them the space to figure things out. But I don't want to bring a sales rep in when I don't have a process mapped out, right? We've talked in previous episodes, multiple previous episodes, about how as the first sales rep, the CEO or the sales leader, whoever the first person is that is doing sales, you need to create a process that works and then you need to map it out and you need to test it. Did I do better when I did this approach or did I do better when I did this approach? Get some level of success that's documented and that can work for other people set up so that you can bring someone in to train them on it. Don't, you know, and, and CEOs, here's the thing. A friend of mine, Jeremy Pope, he was on episode, I think number four, number three. I don't know, an early episode anyway. He describes that energy, the resources, that ability to sell that CEOs have as founder's fuel. You know it inside and out. You've been in the business for 20 years. There's not a question they can hit you with that you don't know the answer to. But that's not replicatable in somebody that is not the founder. So you need to create the process. And until you have the process created, you need to be okay with people asking a lot of questions. And when they come back to you with these questions, you can't make them feel dumb because they're not dumb. They're just trying to do the best they can for you. And if you don't give them the resources, it can be very, very challenging. So I want to step back and let's dig into 
the empathy of a sales leader. If you're a sales leader and you're having a challenge with your team, I need you to ask yourself a few questions. One, is there a clear path? Okay, do we have a, a system or a process mapped out? You do this, then you do this, then you do this. Okay, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you need to have a process. So for example, maybe you're doing cold email outreach. Great. Where do they go to find the leads? And then once they find the leads, how do they you know, identify the, the audience that they're targeting? How do they do the outreach? What uh, platforms do they use? What's the follow-up process? Do we have that sequence mapped out? Is part of that process one that you want them to be able to kind of test on their own? That's great. Just map it out. But be very, very clear. And if this stuff isn't in place, then understand it's going to be a struggle. So that was question number one. Is there a system there? Okay. Is it something that's followable? It's replicatable. Can someone who has a little bit of sales experience jump in and do well? There's a reason why McDonald's is, I don't know if this is an exact stat, but one of the number one employers of students because they have a process that even a 15 year old can't mess up. Well, they can, but it's very hard to because there's enough people around to answer any questions and the system is a well-oiled machine. And so the actual level of function of an individual member of that team is, I don't want to say, the skill level doesn't have to be high because each person or each function of the team is played separately. And so if a 15-year-old student goes in, they can train them in the system. When do you flip the fries? How do you salt the you know, put the salt in the fries. You know, how do you flip the burgers? All that stuff is trained in a very tight system. And I think a lot of our sales teams or our sales leaders need to take a lesson from McDonald's. How do we make the system? Stop worrying about getting the hotshot sales reps. If you're not in a place, if you're, if you're a newer business, or your, your cash flow isn't as lucrative as you'd like it to be, then you probably can't afford someone that's going to come in and knock it out of the park. Because if they're available, there's a problem. Why are they available if they're a kick-ass salesperson? And if they're going to come in and work commission only, if your commission plan isn't killer, why would they do that? I mean, maybe they believe in you. Maybe they've got that, you know, they're so bought into your vision that they want to support you and they're going to pass up other opportunities for that. And if that's the case, please, please, please help create the systems. Build the process out. When they ask questions, don't make them feel dumb with the answers. Now, if your sales team's struggling, there's a clear system mapped out. Everybody knows where to go for support. The technology being used is clear. The approach being used is clear. The audience is clear. The price point is clear. And they're still struggling? Then I want you to ask yourself this. Is that the right audience? Are you focusing on the right problem that it solves? Or maybe just everybody on your team, they're, they're not great salespeople. So you should, this is why you should be involved in taking some calls yourself. Like back to, you know, if you're the first person, if you're the CEO and you're taking these calls, what audience is working for you? Great. How do we replicate that for someone that isn't you? I can't imagine you've got a full sales team targeting a single demographic, geographic, psychographic okay the same the same people in the same place that think the same way that are you know in the same profession whatever and every single person 
who is following your system is not having success. I can't imagine that being the case unless your product just isn't the right fit or you haven't gotten your marketing message down. It's not your sales rep's job to start out your marketing message. It's the sales leader's job. Is this a pen for students or a pen for executives or somewhere in between? Well, this happens to be a homemade pen and it's not the cheapest pen in the world. But the person who sold it, sold it at a craft fair, basically. He sits up every single week and he puts his little pens out and some of them are 50 bucks. Some of them are a hundred bucks. Some of them are 200 bucks. I don't remember what this one was, but he's targeting an audience that appreciates the craft. Now, anybody, if they're armed with a little bit of information, can stand at that booth and answer questions to the average person that goes by at a craft show. Um, or in this case, it's like a far farmer's market. So people go by every single week. But I bet with the right people in place and most importantly, the right system, he could target these pens as gifts to executives. And he could charge $300. Why not? Companies have the budget. They want something unique and you can get them engraved. This particular one doesn't, doesn't have my name engraved on it, I don't think. No. But it's a wonderful pen. That's the difference. Want to sell this for 55 bucks or 300 bucks? Depends on how hard it is to get those other clients. And if you've got the system set up to do it, you can't plug just anybody into a system and say, here, go sell these to top executives. Not going to work. You've got to think about it. You've got to map out a strategy. You need to be creative in your approach and figure out, do I want to go directly to an executive and say, hey, Mr. Executive or Madam Executive, do you want a pen? Or am I going to go to HR and ask about what they do for gifts for, you know, people that reach their 10 years with a company or whatever? What kind of gifts do they give? Would a custom pen be something that's valuable? Great. What's their budget for the gift? Awesome. You know, it's a different conversation, but you need to have the plan in place. So I want you as a sales leader to step back and think, what experience am I creating or are we as a company creating for our sales team? And if they're struggling, I can almost guarantee you that there's something missing in the system, in the support, in the technology, in the, in the sales process, in the targeting, in the pricing. There's something off. If I go to a market that I've sold to for the last 10 years successfully and I clone myself and by clone myself, I mean, I take the things that I do and I package them up in a teachable process, a repeatable process. And I hand it to someone else that has at least some sales skill. And again, it's worked for me for 10 years. As long as I can turn what I've done into a repeatable process and give them clarity that they're going specifically in that direction towards that audience. There's no reason why they shouldn't have success. They might not have as much success as I had me having 10 years experience doing it and them being brand new, but if I'm truly sharing them the system or sharing the system with them. Then they should have some success. Can they get better? Absolutely. Is there learning to be had? Absolutely. But if your sales team is not performing at the level you want it to, I want you to think about this. I want you to be empathetic to where they are. 
I want you to think about what that experience has been. I don't want you to necessarily give into excuses, but it's your job as a sales leader to determine what's an excuse and what's a reason. Okay, there's people that will come up with every excuse in the book to not do what you need them to, to do. Fine, get them off your team. But if they're bringing up valid concerns like, hey, how do I do this? What software do I use? Where do I look for this? If they're asking you those kind of questions, they want to win. They want to figure it out, but they haven't been provided what they need. So I encourage you as a sales leader, before you judge your sales team, first put yourself through the, the check. Be empathetic and ask, have they been given an experience for success? Because if there's challenges and it's across the whole team, they probably haven't been. And it's a very easy way. There's some work to do it, to do, but it's a very easy way to be able to turn things around very, very quickly. If everybody's struggling, the system's broken, and you can go and rewrite the system, redesign it, and then go test it yourself. Go out and do it following the system, okay? There's some people out there, especially those with Founders Fuel, that can go in really hard situations and turn it into a sale. That's not repeatable. Now, you can't take someone who is a killer at telling stories and just makes people fall in love with them based on the way they tell stories and expect that to be repeatable. It's not. You can't have a brand new rep know 20 years of stories. But if you've got access to case studies that they can review, if you've got access to testimonials, and they can pull a few key stories that they can tell, that can help. But the process needs to be clear. And maybe one part of the process, they're doing great. Another part of the process, they're really struggling. What's wrong with that part of the process? Okay, you can use the same approach in different segments of the sales process. Is it the lead generation? Is it closing? Is it follow-up? What is it? Let's go back and look at the system and just make sure that they've been given all the tools. Because if you approach your sales team from an empathetic perspective, you're going to be able to identify some gaps. Like, just think about it. Truly, and try not to look at it as like, if something's failing, you're failing. I mean, publicly, I want you to do that, actually. I want you to say, look, my team's struggling. It's on me. I want you to do that. Because if there's gaps and that you're not providing them, it's your job to go get the things that you need to provide them. It's on you. Okay. When you give them that direction, you sh they've got this repeatable system. They get the clarity. The, spe the specificity brings clarity. And the clarity breeds confidence. And when you've got a sales professional that has confidence and clarity, it's pretty hard to stop them. All right. So next time your team's struggling, look through that lens. Do they have what they need? Be empathetic. Put yourself in their shoes and see where the gap is. It might not be in their skill set. Or maybe it is, but there's other things you can do. Give them the best chance at winning and map that out. But it starts with you as a sales leader. How can you be empathetic and put yourself in their shoes? Okay, guys. So that's it for episode 134. Is that what I'm on? 134? Yes. <laughs> 134 of Sales Team Rescue. Um, again, I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. We will be here next week again with a brand new episode. And until then, remember, get uncomfortable, get results. If you want to catch this replay and other replays, go to salesteamrescue.com. At that same page, you can book a call with yours truly if you want to chat about your sales team, the challenges you're having, or the growth that you think you have and you're not seeing yet. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's see what we can do to move the needle for you and your business. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. 
let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. Oh, 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 oh,